Hi, welcome back to another episode of whatever this is. We're recording late, but we're also recording early, which means that uh, there's there's two sick people on the mic today. Artem has what seems to be a cold. I have what seems to be a cold because I got absolutely drenched two days ago. It started raining out of nowhere, and my umbrella was just flying about. It it wasn't good, okay. Um, but we are back. Artem, how are you doing? What's up? How you know, you it, it feels weird to um to say like I have a cold. Like I don't even want to admit it. Like I kind of yeah. have a cold, but I don't want to admit it because you never want to admit you, it. You, you, no, but you're not you're not allowed to admit that you have a cold these days because people yeah. are like, is it a cold though? Yeah, exactly. Are you sure? Exactly. They're, so they're... um yeah, yeah that that that's kind of, like I'm I'm just gonna deny it. Yeah. It's neither you can neither deny nor confirm it. That's what you want. That's no. the stance you're taking, um, but yeah, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do too much of that intro nonsense. I'm gonna just get right into criticizing Artem and his football takes. Man, get get Stanny the fuck out of here, get him out. All right, get get him out. It's been almost a week, but Russia got hammered by Denmark. They were awful. Um, that they were just not good over the entire course of the Euros. Zuba flopped. It was just bad, and I put the blame. I do put some of the blame on the players because there were a lot of terrible mistakes. Just as, um, just like they were in the European phase when the clubs were playing. We, we used to say that a lot, you know. Can't blame the managers if the players are messing up so much. But tactically, in terms of you know how the game was set up, Russia was just not good. And I think it's time for Chichasov to go. Should have went a long time ago in hindsight. But Artem defend him. Okay. Um, so Do you want to defend him first of all? Yeah, I do want to defend oh, him. I, I want to say that like, I feel like whenever uh, like, say a manager or someone else succeeds, right? They don't... In Chichasov's case, I don't feel like he got the... like. Let me try and word this properly. He did get. I feel. I feel like, like, he got the credit, but whenever the players make mistakes and stuff like that, he gets the blame. And I get that because he's the manager. But it's also like, well, it's not his fault that like a few stupid mistakes were, were the cause of goals. Um, like you know, obviously Simeonov earlier in the tournament in the first game, Shunin the same. He took them both out of the squad. And who would have thought that Zobnin would make such a terrible yeah. pass back to to Safonov there in in the game against um, in, in the game against Denmark? Um, look, Trichesov, I I said that I'd back him for the tournament, and I I feel like I I did, like I I really, you know, you did did not want to judge him until the tournament was over. At this point now, I feel like we could it, have done it, better. It's time to go. It it's I'm I'm happy with whatever decision is made. If if the decision is made to let him go, grand. If the decision is is made to let him stay for the for the next World Cup, then also I'm okay with that. But like, if he fails to perform at the next World Cup, if he stays, then that's the that's the end of it for me. I think. Um, but Hanu, who would have thought that we would do better than Dark Horses Turkey? At the start of the exactly. tournament. Exactly. See, that's the only thing I'm happy about, <laughs> is that Russia weren't the worst team at the tournament. And 
they were my dark horse as well to be fair i told you on this podcast hey yo fam i think turkey are going to reach the semi finals they didn't um yeah they were But, awful like, ju- just just as some of my thoughts on chesa i'm i'm very now happy if he goes and happy if he stays i like i i'm really indifferent if he was let go before the tournament i would have been a bit annoyed yeah but now i think that it's kind of like justifiable yeah and i i wouldn't be too upset to see him go um one of the people that was actually put forward um by i think it was richard actually richard pike um was galaktionov yeah the youth manager maybe so yeah maybe he would be he would be interesting because he's obviously worked with a lot of the players before yeah you know he he had a stint at uh, Ahmad. at Ahmad as well yeah um but he obviously didn't do too well but i do feel like international football is different to club football so maybe maybe it's his it's his time to step up to that other other than that i just i don't i don't know who we could bring in some people are saying what came low no god no he's i don't know if, first of all how realistic that is it's not realistic it's not realistic at all and he's not good yeah see like he just he doesn't seem like the same manager he was say yeah. you know 7 years seven, ago 7 yeah years ago so whether he would be the best choice for russia i don't know and i just highly doubt that he would want to go to russia yeah so but i i am also happy that that russia are not the worst team in the euros you know we did better than scotland we did better than dark horses turkey better than yeah. north macedonia better than poland who would have thought that yeah uh okay we didn't do better than hungary even though they have less points than us they did better fair play to hungary yeah but uh hungary is um nobody likes hungary so we did better than them <laughs> yeah that's fair we, we didn't um you know it, it's interesting because you know obviously you hear a lot about russian football having a lot of issues with racism and homophobia and stuff yeah. like that We didn't actually see that at this tournament, you know. Like there was yeah, which no is, which is nice. Which is nice. Yeah, yeah. It, it it is. And I I think it's like it proves that, you know, Russia although there clearly is a problem there yeah. to some extent, it's definitely not what people make it out to be. Yeah. Um and obviously it's it's great that Hungary are getting called out for all their bullshit and UEFA too for their Yeah, uh, man, UEFA just disappoint me so much. Like Everything they've done since the Super League thing has been shooting themselves in their own foot. It's just so dumb. Like it's almost sort of making me believe that there's some sort of inner mutiny in UEFA and like Perez is paying off some top exec to just make all the bad decisions so that you know people start to like the Super League more. But maybe maybe that's a, that's some conspiracy but maybe. Um yeah, like it's it's weird because when I saw the decision against Neuer, I was like I swear I've seen UEFA push equality. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and and pride and all that stuff like on more than one occasion. Like I swear I've seen it all over the place. Yeah. And then to see that kind of thing be said and like don't make a political statement. Like I'm not sure that that's a political statement. Yeah, it's really not. So like like you could debate like say for example, you know when Sheridan Shakiri did that the the the, the, the eagle. Uh, the cost of an eagle yeah uh against serbia or like when ukraine even um put crimea on their on their map 
Yeah. Like, that's political, right? But even then, I'm kind of like, I don't mind that being in football. Like, yeah. look, um, obviously with Ukraine, it's a big, it's a very touchy subject, so we won't talk about it too much. But, yeah. like, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with I'm fine with all that. At the end of the day, it's games. Like it's 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 not just a game on the pitch. It's also mind games and stuff like that. But when it's something like, you know, oh yeah, like again, like homophobic or something like that. Like that's not a political statement. That's that's just that's, that's just being yeah. mean to people. It's exactly. just yeah, exactly. like, like what 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 is that about? Like what like what what are you actually getting from it? Exactly. So. Yeah, I think um, I think it's... that should be like the guiding light for all humanity. Don't be mean to people. I think we we do a lot of good things if that was, you know, the core goal of humanity. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Like in, in like in a situation for like, like say for example, like Ukraine, they feel very strongly about Crimea as do Russia, yeah. right? And they both think that their side is right or whatever. But like, at the end of the day. Like these are all on a on a huge, like political level. Yeah. Whereas like, there are gay people, like trans people. Yeah. L- like, members of the LGBTQ community everywhere. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I, I I don't I don't understand like what what is really political about that they're just people, so. Exactly. You know yeah. maybe maybe one of these days I know. Maybe one of these days, and you know, like, like, like we both know, Russia still has a long way to go in that in that extent Very long as well. Way to go. Um, there's some things being like, obviously, obviously changing, but yeah, yeah, still a long way to go. Exactly, that is. Uh, but let's not depress ourselves. Let's um, let's talk about the Euros. The round of sixteen starts today. Um, it does. And. Let's let's go. Uh, I was I almost said Russia versus Croatia in the round of sixteen, and I'm like, wait, what? But um, that's the, yeah, that's not happening. Yeah, don't you remember that they they picked the best fourth place spot as well? Yeah. Um, are Russia the best? For- Russia actually might be the best fourth place, right? They are the best fourth place team. Let's go. Massive. There was actually um, I think it was Meta Ratings or one of those guys yeah. posted um, posted on Twitter the other day, you know. People are all laughing at us, but look, we're at the top of the fourth place table. Exactly. Fair enough. Um, right, so let, let's go uh, bracket, I mean, not bracket, match by match. Let's guess who we think will win, if that's what you want to do. Okay. Uh, Wales, Denmark. Who's winning? Denmark. Yeah. I, I, I wish Denmark just, like, win the whole thing or something, so that Russia aren't frauds. Oh, you but, know what? Um, if that De- imagine Denmark winning the whole thing, that would be if they won the whole thing, right? That would be the second time that yeah. just they've won it outrageously. Exactly. Like you obviously know the story of how they won yeah, it the yeah, first yeah. time, right? Yeah. Like imagine the first time they won it because they only got put back into the tournament because Yugoslavia were at war. Yeah. And the second time they won it after their first game, they lost because of Ericsson's uh, heart yeah. problems. Like <laughs> that would be insane. I can't see it happening, but it would be insane. Yeah, they're a pretty good team, honestly. Like, um, they are. Yeah, they, like they they played really well against Russia, and to be honest, like yeah. in their stadium and stuff. I don't know if their stadium is actually hosting any more games. Probably yeah. is, but um, it just it, it was it was good to watch. Like even even being on the receiving end of of a four one. Yeah. Like they scored some good goals, and you could see that their, their team was like, better connected than us. Yeah. 
Like I wasn't even first. I was just laughing when the, the, the Christensen goal went in. Yeah, that was a great goal. It was a great goal, yeah. And Safonov, you know, to, to, it was sad because Safonov made like three saves in five seconds right before that. I know. And then he was good, man. I respect it. He was good. Deviev was okay. Jigia was great. Um, Golovin was good. The, I actually thought that the squad was overall pretty good. Like Nah. No, like if you look at the the actual performances, like like you said, Jiki was pretty solid. Like Safana was great. Like it's weird to say Safana was great when you know he's conceded four. Yeah. Like the first one, people say he could have died for. I don't think he would have got to it even if he did dive to it. The second one was the Zobnian one. It's like he literally couldn't have couldn't done anything idea. about it. Then the Christiansen one, he couldn't have done anything about it. And then the fourth one, nobody cares. It's a, yeah, like well, first I don't of even all, remember. Nobody cares it. and. It's the one that went into the left bottom corner. Oh, okay. I can't yeah. remember who scored it, but like it was a good finish. Like it, you wouldn't expect the keeper to save it. Like I don't think that there's a. Like I, I don't think that there was there was a one goal that you could really blame him on there. Yeah. But that... Let's move on to the other fixtures, right? So right. we've already called Denmark. Yeah. I think we're both going to be in agreement for Italy against yes. Austria. Yes, they're really good, man. They're very good. N- Netherlands against Czech Republic? Netherlands. I'm going to say this. That's the Spartak derby. I'm going to say this one's going to go to, uh, to extra time. Oh, okay. And, uh, and I don't know who's going to edge it. See, I just I feel like this is going to be a closer game than people think. Yeah. Like, Netherlands are a good team. Yeah. But I don't know if they're all that, like, yeah. So, um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna call an upset here. I'm gonna say Czech Republic. Yeah, Patrick Schick's playing very well, really well. Sorry, Patrick Schick, he's playing very well. Oh yeah, he's he's great yeah. player. Everything was great, but I think I'm gonna go with the Netherlands. But you're right, it's gonna be a close game. Uh, now this is the big one. This Belgium is... Portugal. Who's winning that? Yeah, don't worry, keep talking. I was going to say, how did you want to get that? Um, nah. Portugal. Yes. I, I I just, yeah. I just don't, like, Belgium are a good team, but I don't know, man. I feel like Portugal would be better. Like, I, I just feel like, you know, Belgium are good against a lot of the smaller nations. Yeah. feel like smaller football nations obviously there's yeah. not many smaller nations than Belgium yeah. but um, I don't know how, how they'd fare up against the bigger teams I think Portugal you know haven't played a couple of tough games already okay like you might say that that may have drained a bit of their energy but yeah. I don't know I don't think so I think that they're hungry for it and I think that they'll be well prepared for Belgium yeah. I just feel like they're gonna shithouse it again like they should house the entire last tournament, and even this group they sort of shit housed. I just feel like because everybody is gonna think, oh, Belgium are gonna do it. Lukaku's having a great tournament. De Bruyne has great, great team. Oh, they're gonna win it all, and then Portugal will like extra time. Danilo Pereira will score the winner or something weird like that, mm-hmm. and everybody will be mad. What um? By the way, just while we're on predictions, have you been doing the um, the Reddit predictions on R slash soccer? No. Oh man, you should. It's cool. 
it's like you get okay. like a thousand points right yeah and uh you put your you can put like from 30 points or maybe 10 points or something up to 100 points on each prediction oh okay and the amount of points you get is based on how many people have predicted predicted other things so like for example like let's say if you predicted portugal right let's say 50 percent of people um predicted uh belgium and 25 percent predicted a draw yeah. or no, it can't be a draw actually over 90 minutes maybe i don't know how they're doing it but um you get what i mean yeah and the, it's basically like you take the stake of whatever everyone else bet so like if you can call an upset you get a massive amount of points mm. big leaderboard and stuff it's a cool thing you should get involved but um, yeah well, that sounds yeah. fun it no it, it, it is it is fun uh, I can't say I'm doing like I'm doing all right. I'm maybe yeah. on six thousand points or something around that. But like I called two upsets and the rest of the games have just kind of been right. What you'd expect. But on to Croatia against Spain. I think Spain are taking this one without a doubt. Really? <clears throat> yeah. Spain have just felt so dead to me this entire tournament. Even though they hammered Slovakia. Um. I don't know. I think this could go to penalties, man. I think Croatia really? Croatia are gonna have to do more penalties, and I think they'll nab it on pens. I think Croatia will nab it on pens. Okay, um, that that yeah. would be interesting. It would, yeah. Um, oh, no, I don't think so. I think Spain are gonna take it. Um, fair enough. France against Switzerland. France. Yeah, nothing to say there. England against Germany. Germany, please. Like, I don't even want to talk about who might win. Just Germany, please do it. We are speaking on behalf of all the countries that you man call colonized. Artem will agree. We want we always want England to lose, right? Um, anyone but England. Anyone. No, but like, to be honest, I'm not I'm not that deep against England. But just uh, joking. This is just funny. Just funny to hate on England. Um, but yeah, I think I think this will be close. But I think Germany will take it honestly. Yeah, I think two one or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then Sweden against Ukraine. That's the yellow blue derby. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think Ukraine will win. No, actually, no. I don't know. No, I think Sweden I think, will win. I think Sweden oh, will win. Yeah. Yeah, I think Sweden will win. Uh, Ukraine haven't been great so far. Yeah. Exactly. They got through by the skin of their teeth. Hopefully, they do well. Like I do like Ukraine, but yeah, I just aren't massively confident for them. Exactly, yeah. But it should be fun. I think we can even uh, look at the entire bracket now. But I think that would be too complicated. No, um, there's no point. Cause, yeah, like, exactly. At the end of the day, we're just going to mess up. And we're going to have to do another bracket next week. Exactly, <laughs> like, yeah. It doesn't, it's doesn't the, make a lot of sense. It, like, the only way we could do it is if we did a bracket on Twitter or something. Yeah, that would be but, sensible. Yeah, that that's the only thing we could really do, I think. But anyways... um. Away from the Euros, on to an Euros. even more exciting tournament right now. Yeah. The NBA. The NBA. Honey, what is going on? Big tournament. Big, big league. Big league. I don't know what's going on, man. It's The Knicks should have won the whole thing. They didn't. But this is really interesting, man. And... I don't I don't know what's gonna happen. Any of these any any of these four teams can win it if if you're not watching, if you're listening and um you don't know what the teams are. It's the Bucks, the Hawks, 
uh, the Clippers and the Suns. Um, Bucks are going to be. Imagine someone said to you at the start of the season that that was going to be the conference high finals. Bucks and Clippers, I'd have said okay, and Hawks and Suns, like no, get out, get out. Um, yeah, exactly. I just hope the Suns win it all. Why not? Mix it up. Let, the Suns uh, would be interesting. I I wouldn't be against the uh, the Hawks winning. Like the thing is, I actually don't mind whoever wins. Yeah. Like I actually think it's going to be exciting any of the ways. Like, I feel like this is probably Giannis's best chance to win with the Bucks. Yeah. Um. But also, you know, Trey Young. The the lollipop. Exactly. Yeah. Trey. I mean. Don't, it's who do you think will win though? Um See I don't know. Like it's actually it's really tough to call. I feel like if the Clippers win their conference final, yeah. They'll win it. But if they don't, I don't know. Like honestly, like from the Bucks and the Hawks, it could be either. Yeah. Like I think the Bucks might edge it. So right. like let's say Bucks against the Clippers, I think the Clippers would win. Mm-hmm. But like you just never know. Like it's it's so close. It is really close. You know the I think I don't know who's gonna win, but one of the funniest things I've read all year was um LeBron went to the shop and his uh total was one dollar, but he could only manage to give seventy five cents. Because he doesn't have a fourth quarter in it. <laughs> and that's just hilarious. But uh, NBA Twitter is fun, man. Honestly, I don't even follow anyone. But the tweets I just see, it's, just, it's hilarious. Oh, um, they are funny. Like, they had, I feel like they're way way better at memeing than, than yeah, a lot of the football exactly. ones. Like, under, under NBA tweets, like, you get a lot of, I feel like, insightful memes. And then yeah. under, under, like, Ronaldo posts, you get, like, Penaldo. Oh, God, don't even talk about it, please. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a completely Christ. different story. It's just not... Yeah. It's like, oh, God, it makes me want to leave Twitter. It really does. It really, really does. Um, but will will we move on to some transfer rumors and some we will. It, happenings? It's only three weeks till the FNL starts, by the way. And four weeks till the RPL starts. That's mad. Let's go. Yeah, and nothing has happened in the transfer window so far. Uh, except for a few things, like like, there's rumors. Nothing has happened except for a few things. Yeah, there's there's nothing important. There's rumors, lots of rumors. Yosefov is going back to Villarreal apparently. Um, Who is this guy? It's the guy that scored against Russia. In the okay. friendly, and the Deviv might go to Italy. Shamurudov might go to um, Juventus, which would be amazing. Um, that would be great. Yeah. Dinamo are signing some Georgian boy that uh, David Sanson is the agent for. But... You know what? He looks like he'd be a good player. Exactly. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. He does look like he would be a good player. It's just, like... I don't know. Jordan, Georgian Grealish. Yeah, something about him. There's something about him. But what I want you to do, right, is actually go to Dinamo's Twitter, which is FC Dinamo, right? Dinamo yeah. with a Y. And I just want, like, Diego Luxart, by the way, finally signed for them. How do you feel? It's been years in the making, his move to Russia. Insane. Honestly, it's 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 a bit of a crazy one. Um, yeah. 
Go like, go go further down actually. I want to see the first announcement. Like, cause he's been linked to Russia in twenty eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty one, and he's finally moved, right? This this yeah, was yeah. the announcement. This even um, go go. Uh, there's another tweet below that. But I know, yeah. But this is. I actually thought that that was a good video. To be it, fair, it's it's a good video. It is a good. Video. Yeah. But the thing about this, right? Even without the filter, this dude looks like a Disney character. Yeah, he does. He has the clearest skin I have ever seen. It's. It, like it's honestly unbelievable how this guy he just looks like he's cgi or wax or something man mm-hmm. and even his hair and everything it just seems like some sort of a rpg character and in all of the presentation photos he looks more like a software engineer than a player like yeah, he, he's, he he's telling you about his startup that he's got but um yeah i guess this this is like the biggest move of the window so far which is dead uh, i'm gonna be controversial here okay not not unusual um but Diego Laxalt when he played at the World Cup in 2018 yeah. was one of my players of the tournament he was unbelievable to watch right coming back to Russia he's looking to recapture that form I'm painting the picture okay he's coming back to recapture that form you know he's been thinking about that World Cup ever since and he's like you know what it didn't work out in Milan didn't work out Celtic. Yeah. I need to go back to where it all worked out, where everything fell into place. Yeah. Where I played my best football. And he's coming to, to Russia, to Moscow, to prove just that. Yeah. That's and, the picture. And he's he's gonna win Dinamo the league or something. Because well, cause on football manager they always win the league. No, no, he won't win the league, but they'll get into Europe next season. Fair enough. Um, um but that's 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 my prediction. I think he'll do well. The only thing is, I don't understand um, what the story is with Skopinsov because like he's a good player, man. Really good. Skopinsov is class. That's yeah, the thing. I just I don't understand like are they looking to use Laxalt in midfield, like higher up the pitch or something, or maybe Skopinsov up the pitch, like like what's the, what's the play here? I don't know. Transfer market tells us that he's left back and very occasionally left midfield or central midfield. Yeah, see, I, I'd seen him, like, I think at the World Cup he played left wing back or something for Uruguay. Something along those lines. He was always coming up and up down the pitch. Like, this is one of the things I vividly remember. Whenever Uruguay had an attack, he was attacking. And whenever they they needed to defend, he was also back there. So I just, I don't know what position they're looking to fit him into. Yeah. But um, what, I, what I don't get is, why did Krasnodar sell Skopin I don't know. Because they um, replaced him with Chernov and like Petro or something. It did, why would you do was, that? Did Skopinsov not go to Rostov first? Yeah, he, he was he, he was at Rostov, then he joined Krasnodar and he left like a year later to Dinamo. Was it? I, I thought it was the opposite way. I thought that he joined Rostov from Krasnodar. No, no, no. Went to, he was good at Rostov and then he went to Krasnodar and everybody was like, oh, that's a good move. And then he just... Went to dinner. I don't know, man. That's not a strange club. I'm just gonna look this up. Sorry. Um, yeah, you're right. He did go to Krasnodar. Um, yeah, that is a strange one. I I would have thought that he would have done better there, but obviously didn't work out. Yeah, very very strange. And the thing is, um, speaking of Smolnikov, his agent's been doing. He left uh, Krasnodar as well, and Lunev also left Zenit. By the way, be interesting to see where all these free agents end up. Hopefully, Europe. Yeah. Um, um. Hopefully, but probably very unlikely. You gotta hope. 
lot of hope. Small nick of pain length, ah, mat him can. Exactly, that's the thing, right? Because his agents were doing a lot of talking in the media, saying, "Oh, you know, he's been he's been in talks with top five league clubs, been in talks with the top top club from Eastern Europe." And then the reality is that he's been linked to Akmat, Tula, and Kimke. So I mean, wait, did did his agent actually say that? Because I didn't see any of that. Yeah, his agent said a lot of stuff. He's like, "Oh, we're talking with big clubs, big clubs." And, uh, Where do you think out of those three, he'll end up? I think Ahmad probably honestly. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, probably Ahmad. Ahmad or you know, I could see it at any tree. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to see him at uh, Arsenal Tola either though. Yeah, I can see that as well. I think where is a sort of sad ending to his career? I don't know. I feel like it's different <coughs> to kind of move down the table. Really? They're not the worst clubs to go to either. Yeah, they're not too bad, but like, it's a bit of a shame. It is a, it's bit, a bit of a shame. shame. Yeah. Um, uh, Novoselsev, our favorite favorite vlogger. Sochi are, are moving up. Like, them letting Novoselsev go confirms that they are actually looking to build their, a proper their, team. Their street cred has gone up. Their, yeah, exactly. Their, their street cred has gone up by a lot. They're looking at signing real players now, which is uh, very nice. Very, very nice. Um, we talked about Shomorodov already. Phil Hena linked to Italy, both Inter and Atlanta. Yeah. This is completely off topic, but I want to ask you this, right? Because there's not too many other big transfers. What are the chances that CSK get relegated? Ha! <laughs> um, like... Uh, I'd, I'd find it very unlikely. Like I actually, I I can't imagine a scenario where they get relegated, but I can imagine imagine a scenario where they come tenth. Yes. You get what I mean. Like, that I would just, be like. I feel like I feel them. like it's very, almost for a club like CSK to get relegated. I feel like it's almost difficult. You almost have to be trying to get relegated. Yeah. But the reason I ask what is right because because Vlasic is leaving. If I was he scored at the Euros, that's an extra five million on his price tag, but. If I was him, I just would not come back to Moscow. Like, I just would stay where I am. I'm not going back there. You don't have a real manager. Your squad is just dudes. It's just dudes. There's nothing common in them. There's like five separate camps among the squad. There's young Russians, old Russians, Cedric Gogua. It's like, it's such a strange squad with no cohesion in it. And no, it reminds me of a bit. Who? Have you ever played um, Pez? Yes. You know the Master League? Yeah. When you play the Master League, yeah, you're yeah, just yeah, giving yeah. Like a lot of yeah. random players exactly. that like, just don't exist. It's it's like the FIFA starter pack squad. It it really is like that. Unless it's the only goal player in it. But who is their best player apart from Lasic? Um... Probably... Yeah, to, to be fair, they have a few good players. Like I think it's unfair to say they don't. They've got Akinfeyev, they've got um, Diveyev, they've got Mario Fernandez. Yeah, know, but they're all defenders, A lot of midfielders, Akhmetov, Oblakov, yeah. like, child of front. Like, they, they, do have a, they do have a solid team. It's just, it needs shoring up. I don't, I don't believe in them at all. I think they're going to have a terrible season. Um, if they don't, then fair play to Berezutsky. Um And Babayan. But... 
I, I really don't believe in CSK. Um, yeah, man, that, that, that was my little CSK tangent. But um, what do you want to discuss next? Well, apart from, like, like there's a few, obviously, other transfers, like Lucas Torreira, the Krasnodar. Yeah. Don't think that's very likely, to be honest. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, it's not going to happen. Right, we won't move on to it. And then the last thing I just Oh, yeah, this is important. This, this, this beautiful... This beautiful soul here. This... This prodigy. Who yeah. has come to Krelia on, um, on a trial. Hopefully. Hopefully. With the eye of signing for the club. Even if it is with a release clause of something ridiculously low. Yeah. He's scored two goals and provided an assist in two games on trial. Yeah. And it's not like he's been playing full games. Yes. Half the team at Krile used to play for Chitanova in the same squad as this man. Yes. It's the perfect move for him. He's going to be one of the players who, you know, might not start every game. You know, if Sergeyev leaves, maybe he'll start even more. You know, maybe if, you know, Zinkovsky need, needs a rest or whatever, he might start out in the wing. But there's so many different positions that he can play in this squad. And you know that he's going to get his chance. And the, with the way the Krilia are going to play, like, Krilia aren't going to change from being a really attacking team in the FNL to being a super defensive one in the RPL. They're yeah. going to come out and try and score, especially against the the, uh, the smaller teams in the league, you know, and the teams that they think that they can match themselves up against. So I really hope that he, he, he moves there. He, um, he signs the contract and, you know, has one or two years at Krillian. Like, that would be unbelievable. That would be that would be pretty good, man. I'm all for it. Um, I like the the door in the background. I like that. You know, that's pretty funny. Taking the mm-hmm. picture, it's, it's quite amusing. But I think he should sign. There's no reason why he would not. And I think Krillian really are aiming at keeping their squad together, honestly. I don't think we've seen any major, major transfers. I think Golenkov is leaving. He's going to the Czech Republic or something. Yeah. Um, Komarov left. He's forty-five. But apart from that, there's really nothing too major that they're doing. So I think I think they're gonna have a good season, man. And Pinyaev, I think Pinyaev will turn seventeen next year, so there'll be around the age that Zakarian broke out. So I think it can happen. I think second half of the season could be big for him. But I think we're all hoping that he really lights it up. Really, really lights yeah. it up. I, um, yeah, I really hope so. I think that, like, one of the things I've I've worried about him for a while is that he's been in the spotlight, the spotlight since he was thirteen or fourteen. Yeah. You know, when you're in the spotlight at that age, like you've got big shoes to fill, and you know, at that age, it's not always certain that you're going to develop the way that you're predicted to develop. But, you know, as of now, he's on the right traje- trajectory. Yeah. I don't think he's he's like messy standard which some people were claiming but he does seem like a super super promising talent who is almost certain to play for the Russian national team in you know the next 3 or 4 years the way the way he's going so really really hope that uh, he moves to Krylia has a great season and then even if he goes for free somewhere else I don't care as long as he's moving up yeah, honestly, I completely agree there. Completely, completely agree. Um, 
But yeah, man, like, do you think, what do you think is going to happen in the window? Do you think it's going to pick up after the Euros or do you think we're just going to have a quiet one? I think that it's going to pick up after the Euros. And, um, you know, Russia obviously don't have that same thing as the UK where you can't sign players after the first game of the season. Yeah. So I think that after the first few games of the season, we will still see transfers going on. Like, at the end of the day, like, it could be, it, it usually is the case where a player for Rostov or Himki or like, you know, one of them teams that's not the top teams in the league that are looking to win the league will have a player who's just playing unbelievably and then one of the clubs will come in and be like, right, well, we're going to take him while he's hot. Yeah. So um, I think that the, the transfer window is bound to pick up. I think that the Euros obviously have taken everyone's focus away from transfers. Yeah. So we will we'll come to see more of them in the near future hopefully yeah I, I completely agree um but yeah what else we got right I, I wanted to bring this one up which one up? this oh okay Richard our friend Richard we talked about him earlier in the podcast as well yeah we should have really had him on this episode we might have him on the next episode or something to discuss this okay but I just want to want to briefly uh, briefly talk about his opinion on the on the Olympics, right? Yeah. So he says, heard stories today about French clubs blocking players for the France Olympic squad. Spain also want Pedri in their Olympic squad, despite him playing non-stop and only being 18. Football yeah. shouldn't be in the Olympics. World Cup is the pinnacle of football, not a gold medal. What do you think of that? No, I think I think I like Olympic football. I, you know what? I think it should be. Allowed, I think the squad should be a lot more flexible. It shouldn't just be U23. Um, nations don't have to send their best teams, man. They can like build like a second string 11 because I think Geniac is in the French Olympic squad. So they can just build a team of Geniacs and something like that. I think it, it's, it's pretty fun, man. The tournaments are always exciting. Um, but funnily oh, enough, you know, let me just uh, get done with this anecdote. India qualified for one World Cup. That was in 1950. Mm-hmm. But we were too poor. We didn't have shoes or anything to travel to that World Cup. And the reason they didn't give us money was because the, like our football federation and government considered the Olympics to be bigger than the World Cup. Oh. So, yeah. So, we were denied our bragging rights by that. And now, the converse point is being made, right? And Yeah. But I, I like the Olympics, man, honestly. What do you think? I actually, yeah, I agree with you. Um, I like the Olympics. I like Olympic football. I don't agree that there shouldn't be a, Olympic football. Like, I think it's a bit ridiculous to say that, you know... Like, at the end of the day, the Olympics is meant to be the pinnacle of every sport, right? Yeah. But obviously, in football and other sports, we've seen that other other things have, have taken away from it. Like, for example, like, Richard gave the... The example of the World Cup has is the pinnacle of football, not the Olympics. Same thing with tennis. Same thing with golf. Like, fair enough, but they still have a place there, even if it's at a different level. Like, for example, you know how they have boxing in the Olympics, right? And it's only amateurs. You can't be a pro boxer at the Olympics. Yeah. I wouldn't mind that sort of thing being implemented for football where, okay, it's not amateurs, but let's say, players who haven't played for the national team. Yeah. In that way, I think that absolutely, I think that that could be a great thing. I think that it does get a little bit cluttered 
when a player is playing his whole season for his club, yeah. then an international tournament, and then at the Olympics. That's tough. That is really tough. Yes. So I can definitely see the argument of you know player welfare and everything else letting him or stopping him from playing at all those tournaments at once. Um, so I like personally, if if I was to change, I'd say if you can only play in the Olympic squad if you haven't played for your national team. Yeah. And I think in that way, then it would be even almost more tactical. Yeah. And it would be really interesting to see. Like, you see, like a lot of players who, you know, might be good enough for, like, let's say the England Euro squad or something this year. Yeah. But. Southgate is like okay, I, I think he's good enough, but I'm not sure if he, if if that's who, um, if that's who I want um, there. Like I don't know if I trust him enough to have him in that squad. Yeah. Well then, why don't you just tell him like okay, like look, we we're not going to bring you to the Euros, but you will be one of the main players at the, at the Olympics. Yeah. And that's 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 something like that's big already. So. I think is, so. Yeah. I think implementing something like that would be the best, the best idea. What do you think? It would, yeah. I think. I think the thing with this is that it's pretty. The anti-Olympic argument is pretty Eurocentric because a lot of other countries really care about the Olympics. Like yeah. I know when Mexico won in twenty fourteen, it was a big thing for them. Um, I think when Brazil won in, in not twenty fourteen, when uh, Mexico won in twenty twelve, and when Brazil won in twenty sixteen, it was pretty big for them. I think Neymar was in the Olympic squad. So, I like it, man, honestly. And, and the European nations have just such a big pool of players that they can afford to make three squads if they want and still probably win the entire thing. So, I, I like it, you know. I'm not, I'm not, too, uh, I'm not too fast. Yeah. Agree with you. I think yeah. the Olympics definitely has, has a place in football. Yeah. By the way, I love how uh, Ireland is trending in Ireland. Oh, oh yeah. Let's yes. see what that's all about. Um, yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where a, a, a word is, yeah, a word is being used. Pride, respect. A word is being used a lot of times and it just becomes trending. Yeah, they, yeah they, I don't, they, like. There's no cohesion. I'm not, yeah, yeah, there, there doesn't seem to be a reason that we're, Ireland is just trending. It's just, it just seems like everyone's just saying Ireland anyway. Yeah. Back to real topics like this. Yeah, this <laughs> should, uh, this should be a thumbnail someone said but uh, these guys are crazy man these guys are worse than the indian government it's it's dude, how could you be this bad like i feel bad for queen elizabeth because she has not only seen her entire empire collapse in front of her eyes but like she has to see and hear stuff like this on the daily in her country like does she actually have the power like can she say matt hancock get him out of here does, can she say that if she wants to? And like uh, Matt Hancock goes out of there. I'd imagine so, yeah, but I don't know. But she should do that then, man. What do you what do you the queen for then? Do something. Just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, just... Because like, I, the only reason I imagine she has that power is because you know that the whole thing is like... Like if she goes to an airport, she doesn't have to present her passport because... Technically, the law is like you're presenting the passport to prove who you are to the Queen of England or something along those lines. Yeah. So I'd imagine that she has that power. Same thing with driver's license and stuff. 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, um, but it, it just seems like the UK government are, um, like, it's scandal after scandal. It's like a TV it show. Is, like it's, yeah. If someone told you that, like, all of this would happen over the course of the last year or something, like, you'd probably be like, no, I just get out. Like, these, this is this TV show's way too far fetched. This would never happen in real life. My question is, are we seeing, like, is there an increase in incompetence in these offices? Or is it just something that has always been there that maybe we didn't see because social media wasn't as as uh, around? Or maybe it's something that just has happened over time. Maybe, like, politicians are now more incompetent than ever before. Like, what do you think? Like, what, what, like, because I'm genuinely interested, like, in the 70s or something, or in the 80s, like, was it always the same? Like, or is it just is it just happening now? I I agree with you, man. I feel like politicians are getting more incompetent, and it's like getting really indecent now. Not this, but just like the entire sphere of politics is just getting really indecent. I think Joe Biden has slightly stabilized things. Like I don't know, be... man. No, I'm I don't know. Saying... I think no, Joe just... Biden is a bit of a nightmare. Really? I think I don't. Yeah. I don't... Why though? Oh man. He just, you know, I actually can't think of anything off the top of my head. I'm sorry. You're just hating because you like Trump. You're you're a Trumper. No, yeah. do you know what? Yeah, no, genuinely just completely blanked. Cut that bit out. Yeah, no, but the thing is, like, I think he's sort of stabilized. Like, it's not as crazy. The whole MAGA QAnon discourse. I think he's just calmed things down a bit. But everywhere else is like people are going mental. There's very few countries with just stable. Uh, civilized politics. I don't know why that is. Maybe it'll improve in the future. Um, but yeah, man, it's just a good point you raise. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe one of these days we'll get a competent politician. But for some reason, I doubt it. Like, and yeah. you know what I also... This is just completely even going more on politics and less on anything else. Um, yeah. I don't think that there should be career politicians. I don't think they should exist. Really? Yeah, I think career politicians, like... No one should. No one's career should be to be a politician. You should be a politician because that's like, whatever, whatever you care about or whatever. But you shouldn't be the one like, politi- career politicians at this point they're making way more money than the average person and stuff like that, and they care way less about the actual public and what they want, for yeah. the most part. Like, I just I don't think they should exist. Like, I think politicians should be people who have like, been there and done that. You know, been like workers for whatever 20 25 years i'm kind of seeing like the struggles of people and you know want to want to change something about it not people who come in and are like you know 22 in office and being told like oh yeah no this is what we want to do and stuff like that without actually have seen any of the problems on the ground like yeah that's just my opinion and they're just grossly overpaid i don't think i don't think politicians should be paid more than an average salary either this is also a bit of a controversial take. Like, I'm, I'm not a. Like, if if I was to class myself, like I'd say that I'm kind of like, you know, middle, maybe towards the right. Yeah. Economically and stuff like that, but I just I I don't I don't see what the point is, of having politicians who can make way more money in politics bullshit in their way through life, yeah, than they could in an actual job. I've never thought about it like that, honestly. But it is. I will think more about it. It's, it's, it's a good point you raised. But I think. Well, the the way that I'm thinking is like, 
you should do it because you care not because the money is there exactly and to be fair in a lot of countries including india people if you have nothing to do you're a politician you can become a politician that's like, the thing yeah and most people get into politics just because of the benefits and stuff that come with it not because they really care and i think well, too that, much that, of yeah that's that's the problem it's like at the end of the day what if poli- poli- uh, like politicians are there to to work for the people yeah right? And if they're not doing that, then what is the point of having politicians? Like, honestly, if it was, if if I was in charge, I'd get rid of half of the politicians. They're yeah. less people. Like, it's like, it just, it seems ridiculous to me right now. How incompetent, not only in the UK, not only in the US, not in only everywhere, like, yeah. in Ireland as well, in everywhere. It's like, it just seems like decisions that should be obvious are being made out to be not and like no matter what you argue like you could argue like like i could walk into like the irish government today and say like dogs are nice right and someone would argue and it's like not everything needs to be argued we can all agree like for example ireland has a massive housing crisis right yeah like can we not just all kind of work together and trying to fix that like one side puts together puts together ideas and the other side rejects it then the other t- the other side does the same thing and the other side rejects it and nothing ever ends up getting done it's like why don't we just say yes to both ideas start yeah, I think, them both I think and figure out like, which one works better i don't understand what the point of delaying the whole process is it's always better to start on something and then you know yeah. kind of change it along the way based on the results that you're getting i don't understand the idea of Okay, no, we need to have a perfect plan in place before we go ahead with this. Can we just not just exactly? And the plan is never. Take the first I think. Step. I think the thing is, politics right now is so partisan. It's like what they like. All parties sort of fighting against each other rather than working for like the common good of the country. Yeah. Whatever country it might be, and it's like, no, you were all elected together. To serve the country you're not fighting against each other in the parliament or whatever so and i think yeah i mean you're absolutely spot on is that nothing ever gets done and they say that the best type of government is that of a benevolent dictator and i completely agree with that honestly that if you you have a good dude making right decisions or even if you like the singaporean government is sort of like that where they debate a lot they have a parliament and stuff but it's not exactly a fully functioning democracy. Yeah. It's fairly autocratic, but they make the right decisions. They're sensible. And yeah, I'm like, that's the thing. I don't want a full democracy because people are going to come up with stupid ideas in that. Right? No. If, it's, if it's working well, let it work well. If it messes up, then we'll talk about it. But Like one yeah. of the things right, right now, like I'll give an example, an Irish example. In Ireland, obviously, like I mentioned, we, we have a big housing crisis. We have around 10,000 homeless people. Um, you know, and and young people especially aren't able to afford rent and stuff because our our average rents and our average monthly incomes are in line essentially. So like you know, people are spending insane amounts of their money on 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 living. Yeah. And one of the things that happened recently was there was a a planning application made to build one of the highest like buildings in Ireland. This yeah. would have been like maybe. 30 or 40 stories or something not insanely like 
probably even less than that. It might have been twenty stories or something along the lines. Like it wasn't it wasn't insanely high, right? And it was gonna be a carbon net zero property. Like it it, it was gonna be like really, really efficient. It wasn't gonna be like there was gonna be nothing about it. But there was gonna be a thousand luxury apartments, right? A hundred of which by law would go to social housing, right? And instead of allowing the developer to go ahead with this and build a thousand luxury apartments, right? Which by the way, we, we we do also need increased housing stock, whether that's luxury or regular. If you increase the luxury stock, then all the people who are living in regular houses who want to live in luxury apartments will do that and it will open up for other people, right? Yeah. Basic economics. Yeah. Instead of allowing that planning permission to go ahead, they spent about one year or so battling it legally yeah. and spent about nine, nine million euro opposing it. Yeah. So it's finally been opposed. We don't have an extra thousand units, and the government has spent nine million on this. Exactly. Nothing. What nothing. is the point? What it's, is the actual point? That's why people sort of get swayed by the false promises of these hardline right-wing governments. Is that they, you know, sort of, sort of they, the stuff they say to like in their campaigns is always like a. Uh, or the government doesn't care for you, they don't care for the poor people, they don't care for rural areas, they don't care for this, they're too inefficient, and people get swayed by that, right? And a lot of time is then spent, like the governments are, they never really, no right-wingers or whatever, they don't ever really mean too well for the the masses. But I feel like the, the real reason so many of these governments have popped up all around the world was because the actual ruling governments were so inefficient and they got nothing done. Like, the opposition is still trash. You don't have any concrete plans for anything. All you want to do is fight. You have no plans for anything. And when you are in power, you're barely getting anything done. Which is why I, I like, I don't know if morally it's the best thing to say, but that's why I prefer countries with, like, that are slightly autocratic, but there's progress is evident over there, right? Yeah. And but yeah, I don't. Some places like too much democracy should not be a word. It's actually no. Too much democracy isn't the word. But you remember when, like in you the should, US, you shouldn't vote on every decision. You should exactly. You should. You should. You should not have to debate everything for five hours, right? It, yeah. It's like um. Some of it has to do with attitudes. It's like when, um masks and stuff were being people were being told to wear masks in the US and UK and they were taking it like as an assault on their personal liberty yeah. it's, it's not that deep it really no. is not that deep so I feel like that's, but see, that's the thing it's like in countries where that's a custom like for example like China right yeah they had massive breakouts but their government was just like okay no we are putting a stop to this put their citizens in a hard lockdown yeah and they've been essentially out of all this COVID situation, yeah. Since like summer last year, yeah. While everyone else is stuck in, exactly. and it's like it does it like. I get the fact that you want to have individual freedoms and everything else. Like I am one hundred percent always for that, but sometimes yeah. it's for the good of everyone, to give exactly. those up for a little yeah. while. Yeah, exactly. I feel like in in Asian East Asian society, it's sort of common to to let the common good supersede the individual good and I feel like that's important that that's the yeah. same in like uh, 
Japan in Japan everybody wears masks anyway. Yeah. With COVID or not. So they don't take everything as an assault on individual freedom or whatever. They know, fam, if you know what, if we be sensible, we're gonna get over this. And they get yeah. over it. And I just feel like in, in certain places it's, it's some people take it too far. Um Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a bit of a wild one. Yeah. That was like, our uh, political breakdown. It yeah. was, and I don't feel I don't feel like it was a very good one. Like I feel yeah. like me and you could talk about this for ages. Like there's so many yeah. different topics. I think, like education is one of them that we always just yeah. rant on about. Rant on. We will other. one day. We, we might do like a special podcast one day. No Russian football, just like society. Just you know? society. Just, just society. yeah, just chatting. Um, yeah, that's. I just. I I just wish, that everyone wasn't just so incompetent. Exactly. Yeah. It like. It just, it just seemed like, you know, when you were younger, you kind of looked up at people who were in high positions. You're like, oh, they must be like perfect. Yeah. Like they must have everything down. Like they must know a lot. And then you actually see these people in these high positions are actually just most stupid people ever. They really are. Yeah. Doing, making the most stupid decisions ever. Like publicly, you know, embarrassing themselves, their parties, their countries everything it's just it really is honestly it's just too um, mad it's just too mad but yeah now that we've done that guys Artem do you want to play GeoGuessr I actually thought this was going to be an extra video I think that's the way we have to do it oh, okay well we'll do that then but um <clears throat> I think that's where that's all we have for this week um is it I think it is yeah it is yeah yeah, yeah. we don't have anything I'll, else yeah I'll do the honors this time just because I feel like switching it up uh, leave a like on YouTube, leave a comment on Twitter, uh, Sportrex, wherever. Leave a comment on Sportrex. Follow us on Twitter. Um, let us know what you what you want us to discuss. And yeah, we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.